if you're considering one, I think do your research, talk to someone about it and prioritize yourself. I know it's really difficult to do that last one, but. Hello everyone, welcome back to Go With The Flow. Flow is an intersectional feminist group here at the University of Southern California. We'll be discussing different issues here based on our own experiences and also referencing research that members compile for us. I'm Jamie, the Flow podcast director, and today I'm here with Fong, the co-founder and internal vice president of Flow. Before we jump into the episode, I'm going to give Fong a chance to talk about her role in Flow. Hey everyone, this is Fong. I co-founded USC Flow mainly because I'm a big advocate for uh, minority representation. I think that diversity is really important in institutions like USC and even in sub organizations like clubs at USC. Um, My main role in the organization, the way I see it, is that I ensure that everyone has access and everyone is represented. I like to always bring up um, diverse perspectives and conversation. And I think in even structuring or thinking about projects that we make in Flow, I'd love it so that everyone can be included. And um, I'm a first-generation immigrant, first-generation college student myself. So even though I may not represent all the minorities, I'd like to at least give a platform for everyone. Yeah, great, thank you. And thank you for being here today. So the topic of today's discussion is going to be IUDs. So quick definition, an inner uterine device is a T-shaped birth control device that is inserted to the uterus, as the name implies. And also just a quick disclaimer, we're obviously not doctors. um, And so this is kind of just talking about our own experiences and some of the research we found online. So if you're considering getting an IUD, definitely continue the conversation with your actual healthcare provider because everybody has different experiences and reactions to these types of things. So without further ado, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Fong's personal experience um, with IEDs and kind of why she opted to use this form of birth control over some of the others. Yeah, um, I had a kind of crazy birth control uh, journey. I started off with the pill, but, you know, I'm a very forgetful person. And I, as many of you may relate, um, I didn't make the cut every day. So then I switched to the patch. Um, my sister had recommended to me the patch and it was fine. The patch worked, except it was like a physical adhesive. And I was, a, I was on swim team at the time and I was really active. So I had a rash or it would just come off because I was in water all the time. And then I went to the, the injections every three months, which is really great. Um, the injections make you incredibly hormonal because they give you like three months supply of hormones every, like every every time you go in. Um, and it's also great if you're in one place all the time, which I'm not, I'm from Boston and I go to school at USC. So obviously that wasn't sustainable either. So um, all, of, all of those trials happened between maybe 2016 and 2018. So within two years, I had tried a lot of kinds of birth control. Um, I, before, college started in 2018 I decided to try the or decided to talk to my doctor about getting an IUD nobody I knew had an IUD Uh, I think it was just something the doctor brought up since I had tried so many different methods already the kind I have is a Mirena it's a hormonal IUD and the Mirena lasts up to they say seven years So it's the longest lasting hormonal IUD. And there's all different kinds. There's like 
also like copper IUDs and hormonal IUDs. And then I got a little bit of like, when I first put it in, there were a lot of side effects, but they've died down since then. Great. Yeah. So we can talk a little bit more about that now. So um, maybe some of the different types of IUDs and kind of like from what I was reading that some of like the copper IUDs versus the hormonal IUDs can have different side effects. They last different amounts of time, things like that. And so I guess just basic overview, um, according to Planned Parenthood, there's five brands of FDA approved IUDs. There's Paragard, Morena, which I believe you said was one you had, um, Kylina, uh, Liletta, and Skyla. Um, and then the, those are divided into two separate categories. There's copper IUDs, um, which is from what I saw on the website, uh, is the Paragard brand. And then there's hormonal IUDs, which are the other four. So yeah, the main, I think the main difference is that copper IUDs don't have hormones like the other four. And so some people opt for that because obviously introducing more hormones to your body can have a lot of different negative impacts and some people's bodies respond more. Um, I know with like pill birth control, like it can cause you to gain weight and things like that. So some people don't want to, and also have like effects on your mental health. So yeah, um, I can talk a little bit about the different kinds and what they do, because I did a lot of research before I ended up choosing Mirena. So the two different kinds, like you mentioned, are copper and hormonal, and they kind of do the same thing is that they make sure that the sperm cells can't move and get to the egg and sperm cells don't like copper, which is why cop the copper one works even without hormones. Um, the one thing about the copper or the Paragard IUD is that it may increase your bleeding. Um, and that was a big deal breaker for me. I definitely did not want to do that. Um, so I opted for the hormonal uh, IUDs and the, I chose the one that had the longest uh, lifeline. So Morena works up to seven years, Kylina up to five, Liletta up to seven, and then Skyla also up to three. Uh, my doctor actually recommended me the Morena. And then the side effects I had, I stopped getting my period on the Morena which was really scary at first, but since then it's been like a godsend. I'm so <laughs> happy that I don't have to deal with anything every month. Um, they do say that your, 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 the lining in your uterus doesn't build up as much on these IUDs. So like, I think I had one period in the last three years or in the last two years. And obviously it's scary because you're like, why am I bleeding suddenly after so long? but it's totally normal for you to have like a very slow like building up in your uterus and then uh, a much more infrequent release of blood. Um, I really like the Mirena. My skin cleared up. Um, as you may hear from a lot of people, birth control affects people differently. Of course, some people get more acne, some people get less. My skin cleared up. It was really great. I did gain a little bit of weight, but because it wasn't the IUD wasn't like giving me a lot of hormones the way that the shot was every three months. It was like much more gradual weight gain. And I felt like I could control it by kind of just adjusting my daily life a little bit. But it's currently like my third year on Marina and I love it. Sometimes you have to get a checkup, I would say, um, just to make sure it's in completely and like you should do a string test, my doctor recommended, where you go in and you kind of feel that the string is still there. So you make sure that it's not like sticking out too much or it's not there at all. 
Um, and kind of just one other thing I wanted to add is that a lot of people will opt for the hormonal IUDs, especially if they are dealing with like endometriosis or like polycystic ovarian syndrome, because they can really make your periods painful. And so some people will opt for the IUDs um, in order to kind of not have to have their period every month. And just like with any other like forms of birth control, like people will go on it, obviously to prevent getting pregnant, but also to deal with, you know, menstrual pain or, you know, all kinds of different things. So, um, so yeah, kind of going off of that, I just want to talk a little bit about some of like the pros and cons and kind of, you know, your experiences and just some of like the research that we have. Yeah. Um, I think a big pro for me was not getting my period, but that doesn't apply to everyone. Um, a more general pro is just like, I know people get IUDs for lots of reasons. It doesn't have to be just because of like to prevent pregnancy. So I just think the security you feel when you have it in is really great. Um, and then the biggest con I would say are, it doesn't apply to me, but I think a lot of people may experience like if, when your hormones change, you don't really know. The, the biggest con is probably like the ambiguity. Like you don't really know what side effects you're gonna experience and you don't really know until you put it in. Something else I experienced was that I actually, after I put it in, I had like two or three more appointments to, because I didn't like, I felt weird. Like I didn't know if it was in completely and I was kind of just anxious about that. And like having people um, kind of poke around down there is really uncomfortable sometimes. But I think in the long term, it's super worth it, especially if you, if you trust your doctor, if you know who's putting it in, it's a lot more comfortable as well. But it's a very short-term struggle for long-term rewards. Yeah, definitely. And I think also just kind of on that, obviously, like healthcare in general can be super expensive and IUDs can be super expensive. Like they can be upwards of like $1,000. But the good news is, is that a lot of like, like health insurance, including like Medicaid and things like that do actually cover them and make them at a really small cost. And then obviously, Planned Parenthood has a lot of different options for people who are interested in getting IUD and maybe can't afford it necessarily. So definitely look into that if you're considering it. And yeah, just some, like from looking at some of the research, it looks like that copper IUDs kind of have a little bit more side effects um, on average. I actually seen it kind of has the reverse effects of the hormonal IUDs and that they can actually give you like heavier and longer periods. So um, if that's something you're concerned about, if you're looking to get an IUD, definitely consider that because um, they can also make your cramping worse. I'm not sure if that's over like the long term, but definitely something you want to consider. Yeah, my doctor definitely um, advised for me because I had told her that I already regularly have pretty uh, heavy periods that maybe the copper one isn't the best option for me also it causes more cramping than usual I would say um but the thing about the the copper one is that actually it works as an emergency contraception um this was in a fact sheet that my um doctor actually gave me afterwards it's like if you get it put in five days after you have sex it's like 99.9 percent effective in preventing pregnancy um so that's really interesting 
But uh, I also want to talk to you, uh, you mentioned this a little bit about the cost. Um, I'd like to talk about like accessibility and like kind of the stigma around it, especially within minority communities, you know, culturally, it's not very accepted. So for me, I had, it came to me at no cost. I'm really lucky that the state of Massachusetts um, health insurance covered it completely for me. But it was, it wasn't the cost that was the hardest hurdle for me. It was kind of telling my parents or like, sometimes you don't have to tell your parents if you're over a certain age, but I, I wanted to tell them, I wanted to tell my mom at least. And there's a very big stigma. If you come from a very religious family, if you come from, especially from Vietnam, or maybe they believe in, um, maybe they're <laughs> pro-life. Um, in, in these certain politics are really important to address and a lot of people feel like it's their responsibility to kind of gatekeep these kind of period products or um, contraception products. So I brought it up to my mom in a really I guess difficult way but I told her like I'm not really ready for the consequences of not having a contraception, not having contraception. And she didn't quite like understand, but I'm really lucky that I kind of was given the autonomy to make my own choices. I know that's not the case in a lot of families, but if you're kind of on the fence about getting contraception because you're being held back maybe by a lot of family tensions or political beliefs or religious beliefs um, I'm in no place to be telling you what to do but I would just say that I would just say that do what it's, it's your body I think that's the best thing I can say to people and these conversations whether you decide to have them or not um, I think you should put yourself at the forefront um, in this situation I think it's okay to do these things because it affects your life a lot and having these conversations, even with yourself, is like a big part of growing up. And I'm really lucky, like coming to America, being able to even think about getting contraception and things like that. But there's always options. I know on the USC campus, there's a health center. You can um, talk to any of the providers there and they'll give you what your best options are. Or even at Flow, we're going to open up discussion about these things. Um, we're always happy to talk about these things with you guys. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for bringing it up. I think that's a good aspect of the conversation that kind of gets ignored a lot. I know, like, even from my, like, own experience, like, I'm from a very, like, conservative state. And so access to, like, like, Planned Parenthoods and things like that is very limited. And there is, like, some organizations, like, even in my community, I don't even, we don't even have a Planned Parenthood. We have, like, another organization that kind of works in a similar way. But there can definitely be a lot of barriers to this kind of thing, depending on where you live. And especially if you are under the age of 18 and kind of have to go through your parents and their like health insurance, um, it can definitely bring up those kind of conversations. But I think, yeah, for sure. Especially when you get to college, like definitely look into, like there's a lot of different opportunities and resources that probably you might not have had before. Um, so I definitely agree with Fong there. But yeah, is there anything else that you think would be valuable to the listeners in terms of your experiences or this topic? No, I think that the hardest part in getting an IUG is deciding to get one. And 
you know, I've had a lot of privileges lined up for me so that I could get one. And a lot of people can't afford those. But if you're considering one, I think do your research, talk to someone about it and prioritize yourself. I know it's really difficult to do that last one, but but you can do it, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you to everyone for listening. If you want to learn more about Flow and have some of our resources, you can follow our Instagram at USC Flow or visit our website at uscflow.com and subscribe to this podcast for more episodes. Thanks, everyone.